0: I will say that there is no bad time to take your child to the doctor for a visit. Better safe than sorry, right? So most parents, they they know their children pretty well. And of course, most kids, when they're just kind of have the sniffles and they're still running around and playing, you know, they're not so overly concerned.
1: Cue music.
2: Places, everybody places. Starting in three, two.
3: Welcome to the Autoimmune Hour, where we look at the rise of autoimmune disorders. I've brought together top experts that range from doctors, specialists, nutritionists, researchers, and even those recovering from autoimmune to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information about autoimmunity and how to live your life uninterrupted.
2: Thank you for joining us here on the Autoimmune Hour with Sharon Saylor. Always seek sound legal, medical, and or professional advice regarding any problems, conditions, and any of the recommendations you see, hear, or read. Here on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio. Join the Autoimmune Hour's Courage Club. Sign up now at understandingautoimmune.com. Now, back to your host, Sharon Saylor.
3: Welcome everyone to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com. And as always, it's my honor and pleasure to be with you here on another brand new episode. My goodness, we're in, I don't know, 410, somewhere around there. (laughs) And still going strong. I love it. Just marching our way towards 500 episodes here. And I'm going a little tangential because I found a book that I absolutely love and I want to share it. Um being a grandparent, I found it a fascinating book and I want to share it with everybody. So let me grab a little sip of my tea here. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sick. I just sound a little nasally today. So sorry about that. So I'm gonna grab a little cup of my tea to drink my tea. Oh. Yep. <clears throat> Chai tea with oat milk today. And no, I didn't make the oat milk like I make my own almond milk. I know but I like it. It tastes good. I like trying these different milks. I don't know about you guys, but anyway, yeah, that helped. That helped. Okay. So what are we going to talk about (laughs) tonight? We're going to talk about this wonderful new book called, But I'm Not Sick, and it's all about helping ease your children's fears at pediatric checkups. And I know it's not exactly autoimmune related. It's not, but it's health and wellness related. And I I love the book and I wanted to get a hold of the author. Her name is Andrina Ziegler and she's an advanced practice registered nurse. And she earned her doctorate in nursing practice degree as a first honor graduate from Medical University of South Carolina. And she's been practicing in pediatrics for over 20 years. So you guys, she knows what she's talking about, right? For those of you on Uh, video, I'm going to show you the book. It's a cute little book. It's wonderful. It's a nice size too for lap reading. It's a great size for lap reading. And it's all about when your kids feel uneasy about unfamiliar experiences. And I'll say like doctor visits. This little story is about a doctor visit, but I think it works if your kids feel uneasy about unfamiliar experiences anyplace. So it's a fantastic little book. It's all full of rhymes and really cheerful illustrations. Love it. So, Andrina, thanks for being on the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
3: I love your book. Congratulations. I know that, that uh, you uh, you actually have two books out right now, so that's fantastic. You also have a book called Out I'm Bigger and Braver as well. I love that you're tackling these how-to books in a really fun way. I, re- I remember with my kids growing up, I would get this, why do I have to go to the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. buffet. laughs> So tell us a little bit about what prompted you to write the book.
0: I love reading, particularly children's books. But it was a one particular day that my then seven year old niece said, you know, Auntie, let's sit down and write a book. And I was like, really? Okay, well, come on, let's sit down. And she got bored. <laughs> and, and, and went, went on about her way. But I kept writing and, and it turned into a nice little abstract, and I read it to my children, and they were like, Mom, you wrote this? I was like,
1: Yeah, I wrote
0: it. Um, so, you know, they were, you, you should publish, you should publish. I was like, Nah, really? Yeah, yeah, you should publish. And so, didn't do it initially, of course, years down the line, revisited it again, um, particularly during the pandemic, <laughs> and published.
3: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's charming. It's cute. And and being a children's book author myself, as I mentioned to you you before the show, it's not that easy to write a kid's book. I am a nonfiction author myself, and I find nonfiction author (laughs) was much easier than writing a kid's book, coming up with the right rhymes. It's full of really charming little rhymes. And for those of you on uh, video, I'll show you the really delightful illustrations too. So tell us a little bit about I know the story is about, but I'm not sick in how to get kids to relax when they go. What tips do you have for parents when they're saying, okay, um, my kids are quite a bit older, but I know with my grandkids, especially during the pandemic, they didn't really want to go anywhere. And so.
1: <laughs> True. <laughs> True.
0: So, well, with, with these type visits, though, I find that sometimes we tend to coddle our kids a little bit um, too much meaning we don't push just a little bit it's okay to let your children know yes it's okay to be afraid it's also okay to let them know that it's necessary for them to kind of go through these things explain the visit you know explain what it is that they are about to encounter um, and it usually is a little bit lessened prior to them even getting to the office <laughs> i have I have quite a few parents who it's a surprise visit or it's a, you know, and the children are so afraid of what is about to happen. You know, they're already kind of thinking um, ahead of time as to what something might feel like or what this thing is is about to happen to them. They're overthinking. Um, So explaining it helps a lot.
3: Can the parent be overthinking it though? I mean, sometimes I've heard parents say
0: things that I'm like, I don't think I would go into quite that detail. But <laughs> well, now, yes, I have seen that. I want it to be age appropriate, no doubt. The explanation mm-hmm. should be age appropriate. But just kind of explaining to them, you know, step by step, these people are nice here, that they're, they're not intending to harm you. This is to keep you well. And trying not to project their fears Mm-hmm. Parents, their own fears, onto the children, because I'm sure parents remember, you, you know, unpleasant trees about being at a doctor's appointment, but trying not to project those fears as well to the children, um, ensuring that hey, this is your pediatrician, I trust them with your health.
3: It's interesting when you mention that, I reflect back on my childhood. I was more terrified of the dentist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was the office environment. My pediatrician had a wonderful big aquarium and I'd never, Oh nice! If I ever saw an aquarium was at his office. Very so,
0: nice. <laughs>
3: so I think I was more excited about seeing his fish. And then he was like the afterthought about it all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember having um, a, a pleasant time with my pediatrician. Like I can remember some of the, um, little whimsical things that he would say to me as well as a child. And I think most pediatricians try to do just that. The things in my book are actually things that I say when I'm uh, doing an exam with my children, my patients. And so I try to keep it fun and light and airy just that way because it was a pleasant experience for me.
3: And as I was reading through the book, it's interesting you say that because it was almost as just like, oh, I've heard I've heard my son's pediatrician say that <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It was almost like a little script. But as I was reading it, like, <laughs> oh, I remember something like that being said. Now, I'm curious, as in this case, the story's written about I'm not sick. So it's what I call the, the well-being or the well-child types of visits. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips or, or suggestions when I know right now I'm reading a lot, and I see it in my grandchildren. There's what they're calling the triple-demic or something like that, uh, RSV, yeah. flu, and the big C okay. word. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to get into that a little bit. Besides, when should we go to the doctor when we're curious if our kid, are they just a, just sick is a fair word. When should we take our kids to, with this RSV, the flu, and the COVID going around? When should we
0: go to the doctor? I will say that. There is no bad time to take your child to the doctor for a visit. Better safe than sorry, right? Right. So most parents, they they know their children pretty well. And of course, most kids, when they're just kind of have the sniffles and they're still running around and playing, you know, they're not so overly concerned. Typically, when that fever hits, it raises the red flag. Like this must be something more than just say allergy. Um, And so during this time, of course, with the triple threat, as you alluded to, RSV, COVID and flu, you kind of want to make sure what it is, if you can identify exactly what it is that they have to prevent, of course, exposure and spread to others.
3: Yeah. Bringing, bringing the whole family down with it. I'm curious with. The kids being out of school for a couple of years, does that weaken their immune system if they're not exposed a lot? Or, I mean, why why now?
0: Uh, ironically, yes. <laughs> and so during that time when we were separated, um, isolated in our homes, practicing, of course, the six feet and beyond, wearing masks, uh, we saw a, a tremendous drop, of course, in numbers of viruses that would norm- normally be spreading. Among everyone. But at that time, you know, there were probably limited symptoms. So now, having been away from that social contact, we are seeing more symptoms or increased or more severe symptoms um from those viruses because of that it, it's like your body has not been exposed enough and so there's no antibodies there to fight it
3: so it's sort of like the army took a break
0: <laughs> yes
3: <laughs> yes they were called back to active duty by surprise yes
0: <laughs> <Okay>. good analogy <laughs> okay
3: so will our kids outgrow this the more that they're back into schools and daycare and things like that and the more they're exposed, will perhaps maybe next winter, not be quite as severe as this winter's been with every little person getting sick?
0: Well, that is the hope. The hope is that, of course, the more you're exposed, um, the more we all are in the population, that we have those lesser symptoms involved with these viruses. You know, that the viruses themselves are not going anywhere. But because you, there's no 100% guarantee of anything, um, you know, we try to, or still encourage vaccination. That's probably our most, our number one medical intervention right now for these things is vaccination. Of course, we know that what vaccines do is give us a small part of that virus so that our bodies then create those antibodies to fight.
3: When our child is, uh, we're thinking it's a little bit more than the sniffles and that kinds of things,
0: what are some things that we can do to make them feel comfortable? So you want to manage, of course, fever fever is not always a bad thing. Um, fever, we know that helps our body to actually fight. We get concerned, of course, if fever spikes um, to a higher degree too quickly, or if it goes, of course, a little bit too high. You know, we don't like 104, 105 fevers, but managing those well. So you have your acetaminophen products, which is, you know, Tylenol, Um, You have your ibuprofen products or Motrin, Advil. But then also making sure that you can keep their nutrition and hydration up to par as well, as well as rest for the body to be able to have the energy to fight. Mm. Those are the things, of course, um, day to day that we should be monitoring so that you have your body is healthy enough to fight off any illness or fight an illness that you've acquired. Well, I'm going to go tangential here because I'm thinking
3: about one of my own children (laughs) as they were growing up, they're adults now. And so you mentioned nutrition. You need to write a book, I think, on (laughs) how to deal with a picky eater.
0: (laughs) Now that is so common. So (laughs) I think I, I might have to take you up on that one. I'll have to sit down and think about something with that. But yeah, absolutely common. So I always tell parents, listen, you're in charge of what you offer the child to eat. They're in charge of, of course, how much of that thing they're going to eat. Compromise is not always a good thing when it comes to nutrition. Still present those healthy snacks, those healthy meals. When they're hungry, they will eat it. Too many times, of course, we will kind of backtrack and just give the, you know, the chicken nugget, the macaroni and cheese, the thing that's easy enough for them to and, and palatable for them <laughs> to eat, but it's not necessarily what is most nutritious for the body. So you give what you want to th- them to have, the nutrition that you want them to have, they're in charge of how much of that thing that they're going to eat. And of course, there are. There are supplements available, but those supplements are, are just that. They're supplements. You're not going to replace the meal with those things, right?
3: Well, I'm curious, any tips or tricks or techniques that you have? Because at home, I remember I was offering things like the vegetables and things like that. They were going uneaten for a long time, <laughs> yet in childcare situations, it was they were offering things that I didn't feel nutritious, right,
0: or, or as nutritious right. as they could have been, shall I say? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. If if you can provide that snack or meal for them to take along with them, if it's something different that you would like them to have in that childcare arena, um, if you can provide those things, that would probably be most ideal. Now I'm seeing, of course, of course, with the changes that. Occurred with schools and daycares, they try to offer a little bit more healthier things. You know, so we still have the the whole epidemic of you know childhood obesity, um, and then of course, like you were saying, the picky eater. Um, so there's always something nutritious. Um, to tackle when it comes to these kids. Yeah. Well,
3: so what causes, do you know anything? Like, do people say what causes a picky eater? I mean,
0: they're,
3: they're all so different. I'm like, okay, one kid can... they are so
0: different, <laughs> but I just actually um, saw a study that linked, this is, this was interesting to me, so I'm going to share, but it linked um, how much vegetables the mom ate during pregnancy to how much Vegetables. How many vegetables the child will eat? Wow. Now,
3: how do you study mm-hmm. that? But that's fascinating. But how, I'm- <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I probably wasn't the best eater.
3: <laughs> yeah, that just guilted me too. I probably did right. a lot of broccoli during my
0: pregnancy. <laughs> right. So it starts much earlier uh, in pregnancy. Wow. That's fascinating. I would love to see how
3: they did that study. <laughs> but I've so if we've missed that boat. <laughs> right. Is it okay to hide our veggies? Like I read all these oh, cookbooks like yes. you can like puree this or do whatever. Is it okay to it to hide our veggies? It absolutely
0: is. It absolutely is. Um so even like during Thanksgiving, you know, when I made a little small dressing or um so, you know, the celery and the onion, mm-hmm. nobody, my kids didn't like to have that in their mouth. Like it was a texture thing, I think. So I blended it, <laughs> blended it and then added in. So, yeah. So, and then of course you can make smoothies. Um, there's all kinds of ways to, to hide things, um, vegetables in foods. So absolutely, absolutely. If you make it more, a little bit more palatable for them, of course they're more apt to eat mm,
3: absolutely i'm reflecting back on i had a, my pediatrician years ago as like, well you just keep serving him the same thing keep serving the same thing but after a while you know four or five days of this you're like oh f- screw it,
0: screw uh-huh. yeah
3: yeah <laughs> i as a parent would give in <laughs> for my
0: um and i will say so that's the thing about parenting too so it's a battle of the wills when it comes to the children and the parent right
3: and i have to wrap myself out that my kids want a fair amount
0: so and most times that that's exactly what happens we get fatigued and the the, the children have their way like i'm tired <laughs>
3: I can only battle you eating broccoli for so long.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: (laughs) I guess I'm not being fair to broccoli. I just think of one of my grandkids. (laughs) They'll only eat they'll only eat the leaves of the tree on broccoli. They won't eat the trunk Uh, of the tree uh on the broccoli. Uh Uh (laughs) That's what they call it. I'll only eat the leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I wanna cover this, so I think I my tangential talking about me giving up too soon this idea of feeding the kid the same thing over and over i mean some people just don't like stuff i mean even to this day there are certain things i just don't like
0: yeah so i and i will say this offer it to them of course in a series of events but i tell my patients even give give it at least 10 times before you say i do not like this because what we find of course is is that your palate has to adapt to a certain thing especially if you're more inclined to say sweets or sour or salty like if you you hit your taste buds are more inclined to a certain thing when you try, try try something different immediately you're like i don't like this but give your palate a chance to adapt and so i say try it at least 10 times before you say i do not like this
3: that's a great thing even for us adults mhm as I'm thinking about my own family, I had one child that loved pepper. A pepper, and to this day, pepper's everything. And the other child is like, doesn't even want to smell pepper. Right. It's fascinating. Right. Is that? I suppose it's a combination of both genetics and and maybe just habit or mm-hmm. or it's mm-hmm. something they picked up along the ways. Oh well, wow. fascinating we need to take a quick commercial break and when we come back we're going to talk some more all about kids I, I just find the topic fascinating especially this time of year where you probably had them in your home for a, at least a couple of weeks and now you're like oh let's get back into take care and things like that we'll be right back Music
2: Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by LifeInterruptedRadio.com to learn more.
1: Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. If you're worried your
2: friend
0: may be struggling, remember, you don't have to be there to be there. You could say how while you will get a fake tattoo. You could ask with an app if it works for you. You could chat on a game, kick off your flip flops. You could ask on your couch while you binge watch. Whatever, whatever, whatever gets you talking.
1: Reach out to a friend about their mental health. Learn how you can help at seize the awkward.org Brought to you by the Ad Council, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. It takes five seconds to send a
2: text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than
1: a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive.
0: Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council.
3: Hi, this is Sharon, and of course you know me from here on the Autoimmune Hour. Maybe you don't know I'm also an author. My latest book is for kids. It's Pinky Chenille and the Rainbow Hunters, a winner of a five-star reader's favorite review. It's perfect for your early reader and a great bedtime story for your young adventurers. Check it out over at PinkyChenille.com. That's P-I-N-K-Y-C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E dot com. See you there. Welcome back, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com. And tonight we're here with Andrina Ziegler. And she is the author of But I'm Not Sick. And it's all a great book about help easing your children's fears about pediatric, and in this case, well visits, well checkups. Um, But we're talking all about our kids and getting them comfortable in all these, what i call flashing back to myself, raising my kids and my grandkids, all these little Questions I've had, like how much is too much or not enough and that kind of thing. But she's got this wonderful book for video. You can see the cover. It's a great book. So, Andrina, thank you for letting me go all tangential here. And I'm sort of flashing back on my own, wondering how much of it I've messed up my kids. <laughs> <So. Yeah. laughs> now, during the break, you, you had commented like on some of the common questions That you get in the office. I know uh, you uh, have done pediatric, uh, well, care visits and uh, pediatrics for over 20 years. What are some of the common things now that parents say, you know, Andrina, what about this?
0: Well, I get (laughs) uh, questions about uh, pooping a lot in pediatrics. It's it's a strange topic, but since we're talking about nutrition, it kind of you know, goes hand in hand. Um, But oh,
3: you know, that just brought back all sorts of memories. That is not (laughs) a strange topic. That was a big topic when they were toddlers. Yes, absolutely.
0: So from infancy to toddlers, that is a main, the main topic. Um, And we always uh, are asked, like, should the child be pooping daily? So constipation does not mean that you're not that you're Uh, not pooping every single day Um, everybody's going to be a little bit different and so trying to kind of see what that infant or that child's pattern is first kind of lets us know whether or not they are constipated so my typical rule is going beyond three days they go beyond three days perhaps they may be The second thing regarding that would be the consistency and amount of the poop. So if it's easy for them to pass, we're okay. If they're struggling to pass it, of course, if they're sitting there for too long, if they're saying um, it hurts for them to pass it, then there's a problem. Um, And then, of course, the amount. So they should should actually uh, defecate, uh, you know, moderate- a large amount of poop if it's small they perhaps then could be constipated so um we get those questions quite often um and then my question always reverts back to what they're eating because Mm. of course what's going in uh, affects what comes out and so you need more of a high fiber diet and lots of water i don't have too many problems with my children, and of course, course, infants, as far as activity, um, you know, they like to crawl around and move around and play and then little kids love to play. So their activity level is okay when they're that small. Um, But it's mostly water consumption, and you know, lack of fiber in their diet.
3: How do you get kids to drink water? I'm thinking back on one of them used to say they just hated the taste of it.
0: Um, how do you mm-hmm. get
3: kids to drink enough water? And I guess, how do you know it's enough? Well,
0: and I will say it starts early. So we don't need to, you know, first they start off with their formula and then they transition to whole milk. Um, there's really no need to introduce juice into the mixture, um, which is more sweet, of course. Kind of yeah, gets there, lots gets, of sugar. Yeah, it gets their palate adjusted for something that's nice and sweet and cool. Um, but I only encourage juice when it's necessary for like cases of constipation because it does kind of help the sugar content and that helps um, to relieve the bowels. But aside from that, there's really no need for it. And so if you introduce water early, they're more likely to continue drinking water uh, throughout. How
3: do, how do you determine, I know as an adult, You know, I'm thinking about all these things I've read about eight glasses a day or a certain amount about your, how much you weigh, how much do you you decide is enough water for a little person?
0: And it depends on their size for me. Like sometimes I'll say, um, give them, uh, half of their body weight in, in water. Um, if it's a a really small child, I mean, two to three glasses of water, is fine. You know? Or when i say glasses eight ounce glasses that would be okay that's that's plenty um we really have to consume you know too much water like loads and loads of gallons and gallons of water for it for it to be harmful for the body so you i don't think we have to worry about that but of course on the opposite end if you're, most of my patients consume, consume none, <laughs> no water. It's milk, it's juice, but it's never much, much of water. And I'm like, okay, take out the juice and add the water and let's see how that happens. And now we have, we're so fortunate that um, we can flavor water now for children if uh, you know they can't stand the taste like you were saying of water. Um, so we have the option of flavoring, so that's nice as well.
3: Mm, Wow. (laughs) So many things changed until I was uh, (laughs) As we're talking about kids, and let's talk about slightly older kids and how they're adjusting. Have you ever seen it happen? I'm thinking of a particular friend of mine whose child was fine at the doctor's for quite a while, and I think it was about five years old. All of a sudden, that all of a sudden they're not sure what happened, but then they don't still want
0: to go back. Well, I will say, so you have the generally for children, we see them once when they're born quite often, you know, there's the every two months, then it's every um, three months, then it's, you know, every six, you know, until the age of about two years old. So we see them quite often, you know, for developmental checkups and getting their immunizations. And so by two years old, we kind of have stopped all of those frequent checks and then it's yearly. But most kids, by the time that they're two years old, have, they're up to date on their shots. And if they're doing well, you don't see them. You you know, parents don't bring them back in, unless they're sick. And if Mm -hmm. they're coming in and and they're sick, you know, likely a procedure of some sort may be happening. And then they come in, of course, four or five years old and they have to get shots again. They don't even remember the last shots that they got, which is around eighteen months to two years old, and so they're already, like I said, just kind of um, anxious about what that's going to feel like. What what is that? How do you know? And so they start to overthink, overthink, overthink. And again, there's um, all those potential procedures that have happened in between, so it's not become necessarily a pleasant place. They remember, of course, all the procedures versus just not necessarily the encounters with the people who have tried to make them feel comfortable and things like that um so that's where we as pediatricians you know pediatric providers and the nursing staff like all of this that's our job along with the parents to, to kind of help to ease those those fears as best as we can mm.
3: What are some common fears that you see with the kids? Uh, I was just curious, is there something as a parent that we prepare them for? Should we tell them they're going to get a shot before they go? Please do. Or do we let the, the pediatric
0: person? Please do, if you know that they are, yes, go ahead and let them know what it is that they're uh, gonna receive and why. You know, this is to keep you healthy. We don't want you getting sick and, you know, things like that versus it's really difficult to surprise you getting a shot today. Um, yeah, well, I don't think <laughs> i like that at my age
3: either, <laughs> but it does seem like the way to cheat out.
0: <laughs> now, sometimes parents aren't sure, you know, um, but I always tell them if they're coming in for a well exam, tell them that potentially, yes, you're getting a shot. You know, because those are the times, of course, that we try to give it.
3: Now, this is probably unfair to ask, but is it okay to bribe
0: your kid? I won't say no. (laughs) (laughs) Did you
3: hear that long pause? (laughs) But it
0: sets you up for um, always having to give a reward for something. Oh, good point. Good point. You know, so so that's the that's the of course, the bad part of like, okay, if you do this, then I'll do this. Versus um, in I'm Bigger and Braver, it's kind of just about this. Dad is taking his son to get a shot. Of course, he's apprehensive, but the dad prepares him by telling him exactly all of the things that he's accomplished thus far in his little young life, right? That has made him so proud of him, himself. And so by the time he gets to the appointment and he receives the the shot he's excited it wasn't so bad and oh my goodness you know and dad recognizes that he was excited that he he was able to calm himself and and go through the procedure like a big boy bigger and braver
3: well i like that that's a nice idea i i can see myself talk, doing my own self-talk of all the things that i have made it
0: through right it's exactly right (laughs) to get
3: get past that anxiety and and through
0: anything right that's a positive thinking you know, you implement those positive thoughts. Anytime there's a negative feeling, insert a positive thought, and you can get through pretty much anything. Mm.
3: Yeah, although I was thinking of the time my sister would sometimes sabotage those positive (laughs) thoughts. She's older.
0: (laughs) I'm guilty. I'm a big sister. (laughs) This was a long time ago. I'm not ratting
3: my sister out now. She's great, but I'm okay. thinking growing up, the times like her her comments. Somehow she'd gotten through it all of that, but she still wanted to make me sort of feel like I got it was you. Good.
0: I got you.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, I do, I'm just thinking of so many books and things like this you can write on. What what are some other things that you constantly hear from parents about? I, or from the little people who you're like, whoa, <laughs> there's another book.
0: Well, I'm potentially thinking about doing all of the little procedures. So we talked about those procedures that cause anxiety. So I'm potentially mm. thinking of doing something regarding the procedures that are done, just to explain to them what, what they are used for and why they're you know necessary. So I know that that's a thing. There probably these can be endless, <laughs> endless possibilities <laughs> of of books to kind of um, sit down and talk about. But I did want to stay in kind of the realm of fears and anxiety
4: mm-hmm.
0: in the little ones, and not try not duplicate too much when it, when it comes to the message that's being sent out for each for each book.
3: We need to take another quick commercial break, and when we come back. I've just got a few more questions I'd love to know about childhood. And one of them that comes to mind is tackling childhood obesity. So we'll be right back.
2: Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com to learn more.
1: Your Conscious Lifestyle on Steroids. OM Times Radio. IOM FM.
0: You came across someone struggling with hunger. How would you recognize them? Would you notice an 8-year-old girl who's not not excited excited for for summer break because she may not be having lunch again until September? Or a war veteran who's having a
1: hard time time landing landing a job and getting back on his feet?
0: I am the one in 8 Americans who struggle with hunger. I I am Hunger hunger in America. America.
1: Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
4: Research shows we apologize up to 10 times a day. And most of the time, we say sorry as a response to someone else's mistake. What if we thanked people instead of all that unnecessary apologizing? So instead of saying, sorry, I'm rambling, you say, thank you for listening. Join us at ProjectForgive.com, a free non-religious resource on global forgiveness.
3: Do you want to be a better leader? Have better relationships? Become more self-aware? Be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show, you know my passion, and maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. has taken everything and everyone I've ever loved away from me. Everything. I blew my ankle out and I got prescribed pain pills by my doctor.
1: If making my detox public is going to help somebody, I'm all for it.
0: I just wish I would have had a warning.
1: Opioid dependence can happen after just five days. Know the truth. Spread the truth. A message from Truth, the Ad Council, and on ONDCP.
3: Welcome back everyone to the autoimmune hour. Oh my goodness. We're having a great time here with Andrina Ziegler. She's doctorate of nursing and a pediatric nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful thing because I'm thinking of all the things that she's telling us about kids. I know for what, two, two and a half years, a lot of us were locked inside with our kids and a lot of things came up during that time as well. And not only For some of us who did, what are they calling the COVID-15? Some of us calling it the Mm COVID-20 or whatever. But I think a lot of children ran into that as well. Um, I wanted to talk um, in the short time we have left about how do we talk to kids about our wellness, our well-being and weight? And I'm going to put in air quotes without making weight kind of an anxiety issue about it.
0: That's a very good question, and I love I love that one because that puts me in the mind of a few few patients that I actually have, and it never feels good for somebody to tell you that you're overweight, even if you
3: know it, even if (laughs) as an adult, even
0: if. Yes. I even
3: I mean my pants are a little tighter than they were pre-pandemic. I know it. Right. And yet I don't want anybody telling
0: me I am. Yeah, that's exactly right. Even if you know it. So even as a as adults, we feel that way. So imagine how your children feel. So I have to stress that to my parents as well. Please be mindful of the words that you're choosing. And it really doesn't have to be a discussion per se. Um and I say that to say this: we are the captains of the ship. Ship being our home, as parents. And so, what gro- groceries we buy, we're in control of it. What food is prepared, we're in control over. It. Even when we um, select activities, per se, you know, we sit down and find out the interests of the child. But it's us who have to take them for their, uh, you know, practices and their outings. And and it's okay for us to also get involved in the playtime with those children. And so we're the the captains, so we steer the ship. It doesn't even have to be a discussion. And it should be a lifestyle change. And it's not... (laughs) We don't want to, even if you have like one child who's overweight and another child who is not, you don't isolate the one child. It still becomes, we're all getting healthy. You know, we all Mm, live a healthy lifestyle. So you don't allow the normal weight child to eat whatever they want to, and then punish the overweight child by saying you can't have it. Oh, yeah, that feels bad. Yes, it's beneficial even for the normal weight child to eat a healthy diet. Metabolism is just maybe genetics. Metabolism is a little bit different in each child. But, of course, we want to still be cardiovascularly fit, right? So we still give the body what it needs, whether we are normal weight or not. And it's an
3: ideal time in my mind, being the first of the new year, (laughs) to okay, as a family, this is,
0: yes. we're tra- changing
3: the course of our
0: ship. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
3: <laughs> About what age do you see that kids can really comprehend the idea of nutrition? I'm seeing my little grandkids, you know, uh, they'll parrot back what's a, you know, the vegetables are mm-hmm. good or something, but they don't, they don't really, I think, comprehend the idea of nutrition. About what age do you think that kids can comprehend the idea of the importance of being very careful what we put in our bodies?
0: Every child is going to be different. So, and I honestly don't think that a lot of adults understand the importance of
3: (laughs) nutrition
0: is going into the body and what it's doing to fuel the cells and and all of that, you know? um, so, So the, the language of what we choose to uh, use with our children uh, makes all the difference. I have a five-year-old niece who will look at your plate and say, "You shouldn't eat that." Wow,
3: a nutrition expert already. Yeah,
0: well, my <laughs> sister's a um, physical um, acti- You know, she's a she's a trainer, physical trainer, so she's very um, health conscious.
3: Oh, yeah, she'd be. Attuned to it,
0: I guess. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And so because she's so um health conscious, um, and not in a negative way at all, but the kids have learned. Mm-hmm. They've watched her health journey and the things that she has changed and probably have questioned why. And so she explains the why, and it be- it became their now lifestyle. So she if I have something bad on my plate, she'd look at it and say, You shouldn't eat that, Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like thank you Anya. I know. <laughs> so, so kids can actually understand a lot more than we give them credit for. Yeah. You know, especially if um in her case, they saw her physical transformation and actually know what it is that she's done to make that happen. So she explained the why and then they see the results and then it's, you know, oh, okay. Oh, they they are smarter than we give them credit for. Oh, yeah, they definitely
3: are. Um, one final question I'm curious about. Um, I've seen it before. I never did it with my kids, but I've seen it before. It, and I know we never use food as a reward, but this idea of gold stars and other kinds of reward systems, have is that beneficial for kids?
0: Oh, absolutely. Positive reinforcement. And like you said, it doesn't have to necessarily be food, but you can find out what their interests are, or it can be, we can stay in the health realm and maybe they want to go someplace and do an activity. And so let that be the reward. And you can still kind of, you know, stay within the whole fitness goal-centered approach for your family, you know? So definitely positive reinforcement, it absolutely works. Uh, We as humans, it's kind of innate. You want to be rewarded. You want to be acknowledged and, you know, pat on the back for doing a good job. And so we try to feed, of course, into that with the children because it it pushes those, um, those goals that we um, have set for them as well. Absolutely.
3: Well, we're just about out of time. I wanted to show the cover of your book one more time. And it's Andrina Ziegler, Dr. Andrina Ziegler. And it's But I'm Not Sick. And I love it. And any final thoughts you want to share with our audience?
0: I just want to thank you once again for having me on. And then uh, in reference to the book, of course, you know, this is my first children's book, but of course I am thrilled, excited um, that it is getting, of course, the recognition that it is. So yeah, it got a moonbeam
3: children's book award, which is is fantastic.
0: It did. So in the health issues category, um, no doubt. So um, again, excited about it. And so please, please go out there and um and purchase. It is on multiple online uh, platforms, but Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million are one or three of those um, platforms that that's, it's on. So I would appreciate it if you guys would go out and take a look.
3: Oh, absolutely. It's a fabulous book. And I love the illustrations. Uh, So please uh, give a big uh, bravo kudos to your illustrator. They're just charming. I certainly will. (laughs) And as I said, being a children's book author myself, I know how hard it is to write good rhyme and and in words that young people understand. And this book is just a delight. So everyone, and it's a a very simple to read book, which I love. It's Mm -hmm. the kind of book with great pictures, my little grandson was we've read it a couple of times and my little grandson doesn't really read yet but he's like Mm -hmm. telling me the story because based on the picture you know i I think that's a side of a good kid's book is when the kids kind of they've heard the book a couple of times and then they tell you the story of the book even if it's not exactly (laughs) the right words So everyone, like I said, that's uh, Dr. Andrina Ziegler, and um, she this is her life. She she works with uh, children day in and day out for a couple of decades now. So thank you, and congratulations on the award, the Moonbeam Book Award. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we'll have that link to it up on Understanding Autoimmune, so you can all go take a look. Everyone, have a great day. What- Ever your adventures. Join us next week for another brand new episode. Enjoy.
2: The information provided on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio, including the websites understandingautoimmune.com and lifeinterruptedradio.com, plus social media, is for educational purposes only. What you read, hear, and see on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio, and its websites and other media outlets, is based on experience only. The information should never be used for any legal, diagnostic, or treatment purposes.
3: For the next few minutes, we will be providing a guided meditation. In guided meditation, your focus is paramount. If you are driving or operating mechanical devices, please choose a nice safe location. As we say here, drive when you drive and meditate when you meditate. Enjoy. Take a moment right now to find a comfortable spot. Check through every nook and cranny to make sure that your body is relaxed here in your spot. Shake it out. Wiggle your toes and your fingers to make sure you're completely relaxed. That's right. Take some nice deep breaths and let them out with a sigh. Extending the exhale to completely relax. And from this relaxed place, go to your favorite spot. You know the place, your favorite place. Take a moment and just savor this place, noticing the colors, the smells, taking a look around, behind you, side to side, above you and below you, noticing the textures and patterns, they're all here for you your favorite spot. Safe and secure to relax even deeper and enjoy this moment of simplicity. That's right. Taking a nice deep breath And on the exhale, let all the thoughts expel from you as well. That's right. Nice, gentle simplicity. Begin to notice how every cell is letting go. That's right. Any little quick passing thought, just let it go and savor the simplicity of quiet. Of only hearing your breath. That's right. Thanking any little thought that wanders in and letting it go. For now is the time for simplicity, for ease and comfort. Enjoying the inhale and extended exhales. of this place of quiet and solitude and simplicity. That's right. Taking a couple more inhales and exhales. Enjoying the moment right now. That's right. Knowing that you can come back to this place of quiet, solitude, and simplicity at any time. Anywhere. You know how to come back here now. Enjoying the last moments here now. Thank your body, mind, and soul in this spot for allowing you to savor the simplicity, the quiet, the solitude, and knowing that you can come back whenever you want. Beginning to come back to the present moment now. Taking a nice deep breath Begin to move in your body again, and you'll know the time when you're ready to open your eyes and come back to this moment now, here in the present, eyes wide open, alert, and ready to start the day. Welcome back. this is Sharon and of course you know me from here on the autoimmune hour maybe you don't know I'm also an author my latest book is for kids it's Pinky Chenille and the Rainbow Hunters a winner of a five-star reader's favorite review it's perfect for your early reader and a great bedtime story for your young adventurers check it out over at pinkychenille.com. that's P-I-N-K-Y C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E dot com.
4: See you there. Research shows we apologize up to 10 times a day, and most of the time, we say sorry as a response to someone else's mistake. What if we thanked people instead of all that unnecessary apologizing? So instead of saying, sorry, I'm rambling, you say, thank you for listening. Join us at ProjectForgive.com, a free non-religious resource on global forgiveness.
3: Do you want to be a better leader? Have better relationships? Become more self-aware? Be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach, and my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show, you know my passion, and maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift.